Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today in Rank Amateur we have the premium tier 5 Russian, remember Russian not Soviet, destroyer Okotnik. Uh, I would like to call it the Okotnik, but I don't know if that's uh, actually how you pronounce it. Anyways, we'll get to that and more in today's episode. This episode's going to be a bit quicker because I am uh, very busy this week. I've had a lot of work to do for school. But uh, without further ado, let's get on to today's events. Uh, as far as the news is concerned, not much. It's been fairly quiet. There's been a lot of uh, dev vlogs and things like that. Um, I don't like to go over those on the podcast just because they change so frequently. Uh, by the time this, Even by the time this podcast comes out, it could have completely changed, making this uh, that section on the podcast completely irrelevant. But uh, one thing that is happening today that I think is uh, kind of cool, or not today, but just in general, uh, that's kind of cool is uh, there's a St. Valentine's Day event. Um, if you get 10 destroyed ribbons, you will get four uh, Valentine's Day camouflages and one Valentine's Day flag. And that's really not too high of an order, or not too tall of an order. Um, it goes from Friday, February 12th, 2 a.m. Pacific time to Friday, February 19th, 2 a.m. Uh, Pacific time as well. Uh, so, the Valentine's Day flag looks pretty cool. I mean, who who doesn't like to have an event flag? Uh, that's kind of cool. There's also a new Pan-American ship. I actually had to think about it for a second. It's a Pan-American ship, and that is the Tier 6 Jura, or Haria, I think. No, that's Haria, I think. Um, uh, I forgot the G is pronounced like an H in, uh, Portuguese? Is that the language? I don't know where the ship's actually from, but um, it's a destroyer that was ordered from Great Britain by Brazil, so that would be Portuguese, uh, shortly before the beginning of World War II. The ship has an effective concealment uh, and can inflict decent damage with her torpedoes, which can be launched individually as typical of British Empire ships or former British Empire ships. Uh, I think this is basically just uh, in a casta, I think is the... Yeah, I think it's pretty much what it is. It's really um, not too much special. I think it's just a British destroyer, so you're going to get those typical 120mm guns um, with the decent HE. And then you're going to get those torpedoes that don't reload particularly quickly, but you can individually fire them. I'm assuming the smoke screens are going to be somewhat British in nature. Um, it is cool to see another Pan-American uh, ship in the game, though. Uh, the cost of that is going to be 5,300 doubloons, and the Admiral pack for that, which is available, it's got a bunch of credits and stuff and coal, uh, that's going to be for 11,110 uh, doubloons for now, although it will go up later on to 12,350 doubloons. Uh, they're going to introduce the second season of Ranked Battles. Um, it's basically going to be just like the, uh, the first um, season, fairly similar to it. They've doubled the rewards uh, for, like what you earn for steel uh, and doubloons. Uh, however, they have made it so that uh, there is more, you have to grind more to get up the leagues, so that's a little disappointing because it did take a lot of grinding to get up the leagues. And as per usual for the ranked battles, you will be able to receive a commemorative flag for reaching rank one in the Bronze League, which is going to be quite a grind, so 
I didn't actually manage to do it because I only had Baltimore for tier 8 currently uh, at when the last season concluded. So I got up to rank 3 before I just kind of gave up because it's hard to deal with a Massachusetts and a Baltimore. And then I got the um, North Carolina now. However, that is not the greatest for ranked. It uh, tends to be like to play it at uh, a little bit longer of a range, and that's not what uh, Bronze League um, uh, ships really play at. Um, but what's interesting is now they've changed it so that Bronze League consists of Tier 8 and Tier 9 ships, and Silver League consists of Tier 9 and Tier 10 ships, and then Gold League is just Tier 10 ships. So uh, I think that's mainly because they wanted no leagues to escape the wrath of the carriers oh no although the carriers with the exception of the fdr and the rick dolphin are not not too bad as far as balancing issues uh but that is about it other than that there is a event where you can write a love letter to any premium ship that has ever been in the game uh with the exception of the kitakami and whatever has been actually removed from the game uh physically removed and if you write this uh, love letter to that certain premium ship, you can um, submit it to Wargaming through uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, along with the in-game name and the server you play on. And if you actually win, you will be credited that premium ship. So uh, they said this includes the, uh, ships like the Missouri, the Enterprise, the Julio Cesar, and the Imperator Nikolai, which I don't know why anybody would want a Tier 4 ship when they can get something like the Missouri. I think there's going to be a lot of people writing love letters to the Missouri, <laughs> just because of the what a credit-making machine that is. But that is it for news in World of Warships, and it is time for some listener mail, which I have gotten another email. And this is from the same YouTuber who I mentioned last time, so MSG2007. He says, good morning, Captain Jaden. Well, thank you for the title. I don't think I have one, but thank you. Uh, he said, I listened to your newest episode when interview with Sea Lord Mountain Man. How did you get him to let you interview him? Well, that's just it. He's such a nice person. I simply emailed him, and he uh, was more than happy to come on my podcast, which I really... Uh, it really helped out my listening uh, figures. There is, I think, more than triple the usual listeners uh, with that s certain episode because he mentioned it on his YouTube channel. So I would highly, highly recommend going to Sea uh, Lord Mount Matten's YouTube channel. Uh, quite a good chap, and uh, couldn't say enough good things about him. That is it for this section on the episode on the Okotnik. Uh, there will only be two sections on this episode, just due to the fact that they all, it never actually existed in real life, so there's not going to be too much of a history section, so that'll be just combined with the World of Warships section on this ship. And I will see you, or rather, you'll listen to me, right after the break. Welcome back, fellow captains, to the World of Warships slash history section of this episode on my favorite destroyer, the Okotnik, or as I like to call her, the War Canoe. And... If you have ever seen an Ohotnik in a battle, you know that it is the most ridiculous thing that has ever been made. I mean, it wasn't actually made, but, like, ever been thought of. It's just Russian engineering on a boat. It really is. So, what's the history behind this ship? Well, it says, under the World of Warships kind of history little tidbit, it says, uh, Your design is 1917. It was the original project for a large or unique large destroyer that was created in, during World War I to remedy the lack of modern cruisers in the Russian Navy. The ship's dimensions, they quote, too big for her type, 
I like to disagree with that. Comrade, destroyer never too big. You can never fit too many gun on destroyer. That was a bad Russian accent, but whatever, it's funny. Uh, it says, allowed her to carry multiple guns and torpedo tubes. I'll get to how many guns and torpedo tubes that exactly entails uh, in a bit, but essentially what had happened in the Russian Navy is they had a bunch of destroyers that were like pre-turn of the century, really, really outdated, and uh, they were fighting the likes of the Germans, which had a very modern navy, and they needed to have something that could compete with that. And they started building destroyers, and uh, one of the napkin sketches that one of the um, uh, possibly drunk Russian ship engine or naval engineers was like, Comrade, why don't we put gun on destroyer? Right? You, we put guns on destroyer, but why don't we put many gun on destroyer? So, uh, just how ridiculous this is. So, there's one, two guns on the front, which isn't ridiculous. They're not super firing, so it definitely does show its age. Uh, but there's one, two, I'm not done yet. Three, not done yet. Four, five guns on the back. Yes, these are not super firing guns, but that is a ridiculous amount of guns. And it it doesn't stop there, mind you. There is one, two torpedo tubes between the funnels. Uh, there are three, tu uh, three tubes per launcher, uh, which in itself isn't that ridiculous. Uh, but then there's one after the aft funnel, and then there's one after the aft superstructure. So if you've been keeping track of that, that is a total of 12 torpedoes on a tier 5 destroyer. Now this destroyer is really, really long. Like, ridiculously long. I think this thing is about as long as... Yeah, it's about as long as some cruisers. It really is. Like, even... It, I think it's even larger than the Eagle, which is like a really large tier 6 destroyer. It is stupidly long. Also, it's really low in the water, but we'll, we'll go over that later. Let's go over its specs right now. So, it has a 12,700 hit points base, um, and they don't have very many specs listed on the World of Warships Wikipedia page, so that's why I'm going into World of Warships itself. But it carries seven 130mm uh, Russian Ukabuv plant mounting, or a model... Okay, so they're a 55 caliber model 1913 on a Ukabov plant mounting. Uh, the main battery firing range is an abysmal 9.2 kilometers. Yes, this thing struggles to deal damage over a long range, because it really can't. Uh, I don't have any upgrades on the uh, range uh, yet. Uh, torpedoes, it carries... Uh, actually, I should go back to the um, artillery and tell you more about it. So, its reload time is a whopping 10 seconds. Yeah, um... Like, a lot of light cruisers, actually pretty much all light cruisers, have a faster reload time than that. That is abysmal on a destroyer. But, and their 180 degree turn time is 24.2, or 0.7 seconds, which is uh, not very good. Um, and this is with Expert Marksman on, I believe. Or Grease the Gears as it is now, yeah. So that's not even base. Uh, the And the... Uh, HE shell has an HE-54 shell, does 1,900 uh, damage, which is, I mean, it's like normal. Chances of fire on a target is 8%, which is pretty normal, nothing spectacular. Uh, and the HE shell penetration capacity is 22 millimeters, also right around normal. Um, it's a bit low for the caliber, actually. Uh, the AP shell is actually a SAP-46 shell. 
It's not actually sap, it's just the identification that the Russians gave it. Does 2,500 damage, which is a little on the punchy side. It has a lot of penetration, though. Um, it has 9.2 kilometer range, as I said before, and the velocity is 861 meters a second, which is a fairly flat arc. Um, these, this armor-piercing ammunition is Russian armor-piercing ammunition, which means it has ridiculous um, uh, penetration values on the armor-piercing ammunition. Uh, this thing will citadel pretty much all the cruisers at, that it faces within its firing range. Trust me, I've one-shotted a Miokin from three-quarters health to no health. It was, uh, it, the alpha strike potential is massive on this thing. I mean, you got 14,000, I think, what is it, 17,000 alpha strike with the armor piercing because of how many guns it has? It's ridiculous. Trust me. You, 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 you can one-shot destroyers. Uh, especially since this thing has a higher chance of de uh, causing detonation just because of how many shells it fires. Um, and then the torpedo tubes are 450mm Gontra of triple torpedo tubes. Uh, there's obviously 12 of them, 4 mounts of 3 tubes each. Uh, the reload time is an astonishingly fast 47 seconds. Uh, for given how many torpedoes it has. 180 degree turn time standard, 7.2 seconds. Torpedoes of 45-36NU. Uh, torpedo maximum damage is 13,667. Uh, torpedo range is your typical Russian abysmal 4.5 kilometers, so you're not going to be stealth torping even in something like the Ohotnik. Um, and the torpedo detectability range by sea is a standard one kilometer, uh, and the torpedo speed is 62 knots. Uh, its AA defense is uh, negligible. It has a few. Uh, like handheld machine guns. I'm not even kidding on that. They're they're literally just like Browning machine guns. I mean, they're not Browning because it's Russian, but uh, the maximum speed is also fairly disappointing. Um, 34.5 knots. It does have a speed boost, but that gets you around I think 37. Uh, 730 meter uh, turning circle radius is larger than uh, most U.S. battleships. So yeah, this thing does not turn very well. That's just because of how long it is. The rudder shift time is a pretty quick 3.2 seconds, though. This thing does uh, uh, wiggle its tail a lot, or fairly quickly, so you can dodge fire fairly easily. It's just that it turns slow. The concealment is amazing on this thing. You will not be detected with concealment expert until around 5.7 kilometers, and without concealment expert, that's 6.2, I think. Yeah, so this thing is very, very sneaky. Uh, 3.1 by air, obviously you got the assured detectability range of 2 kilometers, and a fairly large detectability range of after firing smoke, at least for a destroyer, of 2.5 kilometers. Uh, so yeah, that is the specs on this ship. It's fairly interesting, it has a lot of bad, but also a lot of good. Um, and the for the upgrades, you're obviously going to do main armor and spawn 1. Um, you could go with magazine modification, because you do have so many guns, so if they get disabled, it's not that much of a deal, but they do get disabled a lot. Like, I've had salvos that hit me where literally four turrets get knocked out on the back, and it's not cool. Uh, for the second slot, I did engine room protection, and for the third slot, I did main battery modification too. That's because you don't need aiming systems. Uh, you could get, uh, Torpedo Tubes Modification 1. Yeah, it's really not necessary. Definitely not AA guns because it has an AA rating of 5. I have literally never shot down a plane in this thing. 
And I've played this for... Let's see how many battles I've played the Ohatnik. I have a 53% win rate in it, and I have played a total of 19 battles. And it's... I've gotten to know this shit pretty well. I've seen a lot of ups and downs, but it is definitely one of its downs. For consumables, it's got that standard Soviet smoke. Uh, three charges with an action time of 20 seconds, a dispersion time of 77 seconds, and a reload time of 160 seconds, and then just a standard engine boost. Uh, there's no other... Uh, any tech tree upgrades because this is a premium ship. But let's get back to the, some of the commander skills. So I do only have a 10-point captain on this one uh, because I have, uh, I guess I haven't had this ship for that long, only 19 games. Uh, but for the Tier 1 skill, I highly recommend Grease the Gears because you really need it. You need that extra traverse speed. You could go with preventative maintenance, but that's not the first thing you're going to get. Last stand, as always, for second skill, although you could go with uh, Pyrotechnician, although it's not super useful, I'd rather go with Priority Target first. So between Priority Target and Last Stand, although I highly recommend Last Stand, um, highly, highly recommended in the uh, survivability, or in the third uh, tier, three-point skills, uh, you're going to want Survivability Expert, and that is because this thing only has 12,000 hit points, and since it is so long, Battleship Caliber shells tend to arm fully and deal almost full damage, so you'll have one shell hit and take out, like, most of your health. It's kind of scary. So you're going to want that extra hit points. It gets you up to 14,450. That's what I have on my captain. Uh, uh, second time around, you're going to need that Adrenaline Rush, and then you can... Also get the main battery and AA specialist, not because there's, uh, not because of the buff that's going to give your AA, but the main battery re reload time is going to be buffed that way. And for uh, the four point skills, absolutely hands down, do not even question it. Concealment expert, that is what this ship needs. It needs that extra bit of concealment so you can literally not be outspotted by anything you'll face. Uh, I think there might be a few exceptions. But the only exceptions are really the uh, the Japanese destroyers. And that's if they have like a full concealment build. You'll still outspot like Kagaros and stuff. It's kind of funny being a Soviet destroyer with pretty good guns outspotting a uh, torpedo boat. Um, but you can also get the main battery and AA expert. Actually, I highly recommend that too because that's going to give you 20% uh, buff to your uh, main battery firing range, which you need. Oh, actually, so there's two different skills um, for destroyers. So three-point skills, main battery and AA specialist. That's going to uh, buff your reload time. And main battery and AA expert is going to be the main battery firing range buff. And then, obviously, another AA buff. Uh, you could get the Furious Brawler. Uh, I really don't recommend that, though, because that's going to really... That's going to half the effect of your concealment expert and get you a detectability range around 5.9 kilometers, which means you'll tend to be outspotted by things. And that is how this ship lives. It lives in being undetected. Um, the favorite strategies for this ship, um, it is the king of suicide rushes. Uh, it dumps walls of skill into the water every 47 seconds. A good strategy for rushing battleships is to launch three of your launchers in one direction, have them spot those torpedoes and maneuver, and while they're slow in the turn and you're like two kilometers away, just launch that third launcher straight into their side while they're turning and they can't do anything about it. Um, that's a good idea. 
Although another good idea that I found in recent battles to work fairly well is to go way out onto the flank. So you're not going to be super useful for capping or uh, doing really much of anything for the beginning of the game, but you can get behind all those Deadeye battleships or the some of the battleships who maybe aren't as um, aggressive and just go behind them, uh, get within five kilometers, just fire up the speed boost, rush them when the guns are facing completely the wrong direction, and torpedo them. Because remember, these torpedoes do 13,000 damage. There is 12 of them. That is more than enough damage to one-shot any ship that it will face. Um, that's a strategy I found worked. Um, really not a fan of extended gunfights in the Ohotnik, and that's just because it doesn't have the DPM to out-DPM something like a Farragut or even a Nicholas, because of that 10-second reload. Um, and I don't have Adrenaline Rush on my captain yet. I've chosen the Grease the Gears, um, Last Stand, Survivability Expert, and Concealment Expert, because 12,000 hit points really is not sufficient for something, or for the uh, War Canoe here. I really recommend, if you get this ship, to spend the extra 1,500 doubloons, because this ship really doesn't cost that much, and get, like, a 10-point a Soviet commander. Uh, and that really assists this ship. This ship is just so much fun to play. Like, if I'm having a rough night on World of Warships, especially my high tiers, like like having a bad night on the Buffalo or something like that, then I'll just come down to the Ohotnik, or the War Canoe, as I like to call it, and just just wreck people. Um, funniest thing that happened to me in the Ohotnik is I was um, battling with a Farragut who decided to smoke, even though I was on less than 5,000 hit points. So he smoked and stopped. And remember, I have 12 torpedoes, so I could literally cover his smoke screen in torpedoes, and there was no escape for him. So he caught one of the torpedoes and sank, as suspected. But then I caught another ship. It was some Japanese thing. I think it was one of the Minkazis or something like that. And sank him as well. That was very funny. Nice double strike there. Um, like I said, this thing really likes either being played in square in the middle of the map or square on the flank of the map, flanking behind those battleships to get at them from behind. And uh, it's kind of a scary thing to play this ship because you'll be like six kilometers away from something, not detected, just hoping that they don't decide to turn your way or something like that and totally ruin your rush. It's a little bit of a... a it's a more aggressive play style, we'll say. You don't really want to be too passive in this ship. It's it's fairly simple to, to play. You gun the engines straight at the beginning of the battle. You don't want to wait around for anybody because you want to be either A, doing the spotting, or B, flanking around to get to those battleships. However, some issues that you will have with this ship, like I alluded to before, this ship is extremely long. And as uh, being extremely long, it means that it will arm battleship shells because the battleship shells, rather than traveling... Um, just, like, going through the hull of the destroyer will usually travel the full length down the ship and explode somewhere along its length, which will deal nearly full damage. Now, destroyers don't have citadels, but they, uh, do take a lot of damage. I mean, they don't have large health pools, so if those battleship caliber shells do arm, you're seriously in trouble. And it's got this stupid little 16mm section of plating on the side. It's kind of like a belt armor, I guess. Um, that's a bit interesting because that means you're more likely to arm, uh, cruiser caliber shells rather than getting over penetration. So this thing just sucks 
damage from pretty much all armor-piercing sources. And of course, of course, you got that high explosive um, risk too from light cruisers and things. Uh, another problem, or not a problem, but another thing about this ship is it's got that really low silhou silhouette. It's almost like the uh, Long Zhang, which is that tier two um, Pan-Asian destroyer. Uh, the shells aimed at this thing tend to go right over it, especially if you're working your rudder a little bit. But when they do hit, since this ship is rather wide for a destroyer, it tends to arm the shells and deal full damage. So that's something you really got to think about when you're approaching a battleship. That's why I recommend approaching them from behind so they don't have time to turn their guns around because if they get those guns around and get a salvo off before uh, you get your torpedoes away, that might ruin your whole run. But I do have a bit of a challenge for you guys. If you have uh, two other friends and you guys all have an Ohotnik or are going to buy a Ohotnik, I want to see a video. Send me a replay of you going in a triple Ohotnik division. I want to try that out sometime. also want to try it out with a, the Perth, a triple Perth division. But I can imagine that Ohotniks that can rotate their smoke screens and launch, what is it, 12, 24, 36 torpedoes at any one target... Um, I can imagine that'd be a lot like a Leon division, where you can launch 48 different armor-piercing shells at a target and absolutely wipe them from the map. And you'll also have a grand total of 21 guns on target uh, to one-shot those light cruisers, because at that point, if you guys even get a few citadels with your guns, you are going to one-shot light cruisers. And you may be saying, but Jaden, there's a lot of catches to this ship. It's really really dependent on the situation, and it absolutely is. There are some battles, like if you get in a full tier 7 battle and you're, there's, there's an Atlantia on the other team, or an Indianapolis with its crappy but still effective radar, yeah, yeah, you're going to be seriously restricted from doing anything in that battle, but that's, that's the battle when you really try and flank. And the, the problem with the ship is it can't back into caps as well as other destroyers can. Like, uh, when you're playing Destroyer, usually what you try to do, especially a stealthy Destroyer that maybe doesn't have the best guns, uh, they'll try to kind of turn around in the cap and face uh, t back towards their team. So if they get spotted and start getting focused, they can start their smoke generator and go away at full speed uh, while remaining undetected. This ship can't do that as well because it has that 700-meter turning circle, which is fairly large for a Destroyer, actually really large for a Destroyer. Uh, so then, then you're probably going to want to remain undetected, try and go on the flank as far as you can, start, like, root, like on the border of the map and just kind of hook around. And that's really dependent on if there's a carrier or not. And if there's a carrier and it's tier 7, good luck. Really, I'm sorry. Good luck. But, that being said, this thing in a tier 4 battle... <laughs> oh, I'm just laughing about thinking that one tier 4 battle I had where I got... Oh, it was like close to 100,000 damage in a tier 4 battle just because I was able to get so many torpedo kills on unsuspecting battleships who were coming around the corner of the island, just fired all 12 torpedoes at them. Oh boy, that was funny. I mean, they don't know what this, what this ship is. I remember the first time I laid eyes on this ship, someone else was playing her, and I was like, what is that thing? It's... Got one, two guns in the front, and five guns in the back. I mean, I know I'm rambling here, but it's... Even though I have this ship, and I play her frequently, it's still hard for me to get over how many guns this thing has. It is 
it is, it is quite simply a meme. I think the wargaming designers were like, well, what if, you know, like, the Gnevni or the Gremiashi or something like that, what if we, like, shrunk it down so it has, like, a really, really low silhouette and just put as many torpedo tubes and guns on as we possibly could fit on at Tier 5? I mean, I can imagine this thing as, uh, like, if they made a larger version of this thing at, like, let's say Tier 8 or something, where it does have a 5-second reload on its main battery guns, still that same 40-second reload on its torpedo tubes, but, like, an 8-kilometer range. Oh, my gosh. This thing would be such a good Tier 8. Oh, and, obviously, a better hit point pool. This thing would be amazing to play. Anyways, that is about it for the this episode on the Ohatnik. It's fairly simple to play. You're gonna, the gist of it is, if you're in a tier 5, tier 6, or tier 4 battle, you're gonna want to go straight to the middle and start lurking around the islands and surprising people from angles that they don't expect because you're using your good concealment and island concealment to get those 4 kilometer range torpedoes off. Or, if you're in a higher tier battle, you're gonna go straight to the flank, get behind those battleships, and start rushing them from angles that they don't expect, dump your torpedoes in their face, and sink them. Uh, this thing is the king of Death Strike Awards. It's the king of Flesh Wound Awards. Um, and it's usually the king of First Blood Awards for detonations and stuff like that. But that is about it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit shorter of an episode today. As I said, I've been a little bit busy, so it's been hard for me to get uh, episodes out. But there will be no episode next week as we are resuming our normal schedule. Uh, last week's episode was a bonus episode. But if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to let me know about it. Uh, if you have any ship suggestions, uh, please be sure to email me. If you did uh, suggest the ship last time, just know that I might not take your next suggestion in order just to make sure that other people uh, get a chance to suggest ships. Um, and also, if you have any, um, uh, any comments or suggestions... Uh, for future episodes of new segments to include or something like that. I'm always open to suggestions, or if you just want to uh, see my opinion on a certain event in the game also. Uh, don't forget to visit my Rank Amateur uh, merchandise store. That's going to be linked in the description. And as always, until next time, Captains! <laughs>